Yes lads, what's going on? Welcome to season two, episode twenty-nine or thirty. I'm not too too sure of the little running Irishman podcast. Few things, um, or one thing actually before we get into this episode of the podcast is we have hit 150 subscribers. In fact, we've hit 154 subscribers, and I feel like when this episode goes out, it will it will increase that by a few as well. Hopefully, get to 160 subscribers um, over on YouTube because this is a really really great episode, and I think everyone's gonna really enjoy it that tunes in. Um, yeah, so with Cheryl Nolan is a really really great episode. First of all, it's the first female guest on the podcast, which is really, really cool. Second of all, um, Cheryl has been around the block when it comes to running. She's been, you know, national champion over here many, many times. She's been over in America running um, on a scholarship uh, in college over in America. She's come back now. She's been through injuries. She's been through a lot in um, in the running world, you could say, and she's making her comeback over in Ireland. So find out everything Cheryl has to talk about in this episode of the podcast. It was a really easy episode to talk about and talk um, with Cheryl because she's just really, really great. Uh, it was a really, really great episode and it just, it, it just flowed really, really nicely. You guys are going to enjoy it a lot. Um, that's, that, I hope you guys do enjoy. If you do, hit the like button. Also, subscribe. We hit 150 subscribers. I said if we hit 150 subscribers quickly, the next goal will be 200 subscribers by the end of the year. So I know you guys can do it. Just smash that like button and that subscribe button if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and share around with your friends to try and hit that elusive goal of 200 subscribers by the end of the year. I'd really, really appreciate it. Um, guys, I'm going to give a little bit of a sneak peek to a giveaway, a little giveaway that we're doing next week. You'll, if you follow me over on the Little Running Irishman official Instagram, you will have um, seen about these uh, bracelets. They're from Running Bracelets um, over on Instagram, Articlan, uh Running Bracelets. They're really, really cool. I'm not going to talk more about them now. Next week's episode of the podcast, I will be talking about them more. Um, nothing really much else to talk about. I hope you guys enjoy it and I'll see you all next time. Bye. Alright everybody, so I'm here with Cheryl Nolan, Irish athlete. And um, yeah, Cheryl, thanks for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Thanks, Killian. I'm delighted to be your first female guest. I was I was actually I was about to get there. It's um I don't know if it's something that we really need to dwell on enough, but it's something we can notice say, so, yeah, you you're our first female guest. I'd say that that won't be going on your resume anytime soon, but sure. Look. <laughs> well, you never know. It'll be a good way to start things. <laughs> it could be. It could be. But um, yeah. Anyway, do you, Cheryl? Do you want to just give a, a quick background and a quick introduction about yourself, and then we can get things going? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm not sure if I'm as well known as some of your previous guests on here. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I basically started running when I was in third or fourth class um, in school and it's a funny story really because um, there's a couple of schools in our area that always compete against each other Yeah. and every year I would you know try out for the relay team because the, the winning school won a, a big cup it was called the social services cup so every year I'd you know try out for the relay and I was getting fifth every year so I never made it never got to go and this one particular year my my best friend at the time she was really good at running yeah and she said you know you need to make the team this year so you need to train for it um, and she ran in our local club St Abbans so she said come on up and train so I, I did I joined ultimately to just make a relay team <laughs> yeah. for primary school um 
and made the team that year. Um, and because we were such good friends, you know, and it was such a great social scene, basically, um, I kept kept going, kept attending, um, and ended up starting to have, I suppose, individual success. Success then. Um, yeah. As, as years went on and as my training, I suppose, increased and everything. Um, ended up doing quite well as a juvenile, won, won a few national titles, um, you know, made the Celtics, made a few international teams, um, and then ultimately ended up getting a scholarship to America and I vanished over there for a while and <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm back. No, that's a that's that's actually quite interesting and the, taking it back a bit. Like I've I've never heard a story like on how to how to start running. But you yeah. know, you you said that your friend was was initially better at you better than you at running, and then you were the one that ended up getting the the scholarship and and going over to America. But do you feel like as soon as you started training, um, and maybe when your training started to intensify a little bit, that's when you start really getting better at running, or did it take a pretty long time to actually start seeing improvements? Um, I think well, she she was very good for for quite a long time. She doesn't yeah. run anymore, but it, it took me quite a long time <laughs> to get ahead of her in races. Um, I think I seen a lot of improvements very quickly at the beginning, but that was simply because I had done no training at all. Yeah. Um, now, granted, I was running cross country races and finishing in the 50s 60s you know I I absolutely hated it um, and wasn't very good at it I just seen it as torture <laughs> but I, it really I did it because I loved racing track and that was just where my strengths were so I think you know I just really enjoyed it so it didn't matter so much that I wasn't doing well at the beginning yeah but I could always see that I was starting to move up in the fields you know my my first year cross country I don't even know where I finished but the next year I would have been maybe 20 places higher yeah um, and I think that really gave me the confidence to to stick with it and to keep going um at no point did you know I remember the year that I first medaled you know in the All-Irelands and at no point did I really expect that to happen yeah Um, it was just a, it was a surprise and it was a shock but it was a good one yeah um, and I think then you get you get addicted to that feeling really don't you you probably yeah, know yourself you yeah you get addicted to just improving whether it's positions whether it's your PBs um, and I suppose that the people that are around you as well you're you're in quite a big club and um, I'm in a club that's a decent size as well and it's fun to go there and, and yeah. see everyone and meet up with them so I think there's a bigger element to it as well than just competing yeah no 100% and you said a good point there when you were when you first started racing cross country you, you found that as torture and um, <laughs> you know I don't think some, some people that actually do, don't do running and do like just say football or whatever they don't understand how painful it actually is. <laughs> right. I, th- I still actually think it's torture, to be honest. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and like before a race, yeah, you're nervous that like, oh, you want to do well. But you're also, yeah. you know how painful it's going to be. And you're just dreading it so, so, so much, basically. And um, no, and you mentioned that year where you got your first All-Ireland medal. And you said that that feeling was obviously amazing. I feel personally, even just 
finishing a race, it feels like a big weight lifted off your shoulder, especially because of the nerves you can feel before a race. But you said you didn't really expect that to happen. Like, talk a bit more about that. So, like, the year before, were you not even near the top? Um, not even, you know, winning, meddling at Dublin's or, or, or winning your county in All-Ireland. So, are you telling me that was completely out of blue and a, and a big shock for you? Um, I suppose our club was very competitive. My, as in my age group when I was growing up, we had a huge group of girls, which is quite rare. And I'm from Leash, so it's a country club. Um, yeah. So quite phenomenal, the number of girls we had. Um, and I think they they were the ones who, who made me better, but I would always compare myself to them. And yeah. they we're always together in training, you know. Um, so I think you're sh- I was sheltered in a way. Um, my coaches never made me believe, not that they didn't make me believe, I suppose, never built me up. So yeah. I'd go to races, I'd be really excited. Um, and then some days, you know yourself, everything just clicked. Um, but I think that, you know, the first time you you do really well, you know, you, you win a medal at the All-Irelands, regardless of whether you've won your county and won Leinster's on the way up, I think winning your first All-Ireland medal is always going to be quite memorable. And I think in a way, you know, you'll always have doubts. You might believe that you can run fast enough, but you you never know if it'll work out on the day. And when I was growing up, Ferrybank Athletic Club were (laughs) that green singlet. I'll just never forget it. Yeah. (laughs) They were just always so phenomenal um, and there could be so many of those girls in your race that it, it's quite difficult. It was quite difficult to beat any of them. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's what I mean by it was a bit of a shock. Um, you know, I suppose when you have rivals, the, the first time you manage to beat a rival, it's always, you're always shocked in a way. Definitely, and, yeah. But it's great then because you, you ultimately believe that you can do it again, I suppose. Yeah, no. Um, personally, I've, I've a few Dublin medals to my name at the bottom, yeah. but but not yet an All Ireland medal. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, even a team one soon enough. Whenever we can get back racing. And do you feel once you know you were saying there that maybe you're in the shadows a little bit in your team? Once you actually won this All Ireland medal, your your career from that young of an age kind of started to skyrocket a little bit, you started getting a little bit more attention around the club and uh, from year on then you, you were kind of one of the big names at every race. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, when you when you win your first medal, you gain the confidence in yourself um, and I suppose that's, that's hugely important. It's hugely important to believe in yourself and your ability and what you can do and I started looking forward and thinking you know I want to win a gold medal Um, and it was still important the girls around me when it came to cross-country season (laughs) they would smash me you know Um, but I knew if I could just try and hang on to them as much as possible that it would benefit me in track because that's where I kind of came came into my own a little bit yeah um, but it did, you know, our club was good. I mean, everyone got the same amount of attention. Everyone got a lot of effort put into them. Um, and I maybe started training a little bit harder, um, which ended up pushing me on to, I suppose, winning my first national title as a juvenile, which was very memorable, as you can imagine. 
how did that race kind of kind of pan out? Because even though yeah, it might have been a few years ago now, but it's still I'd say one of the, a great moments in your career that that, that yeah. maybe you think about. Yeah. Um... I, I went to it was in Tullamore, so all of our all Ireland races um were in Tullamore and I'd entered the eight hundred and fifteen hundred meters. Um and Sarah Tracy, you probably know of her, everyone yep. everyone does, she we competed against each other. So she was a big name, a big rival um in one of my races and then of course in the eight hundred we had just a lot of the ferry bank girls and I, I actually won both um that year I, I did the double I can't remember I'm trying to remember which one which one came first um I do remember the 1500 more I think because yeah. Sarah was in it and I remember thinking there's no way I can beat her but you know if I can come second that'll be great yeah uh, so ultimately I was hanging on to her for dear life because she always set a really, a really strong pace as she's been doing ever since, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and with 300 meters to go, I was just thinking, you've got something left, so let's try catch her. Um, so I started to reel her in and kind of was kicking, <laughs> kicking, kicking, kicking um, and caught her coming up the home straight. Um, and that was that's a very very memorable race for me. I, I it's, it's funny because I do remember the yeah. eight hundred, but I not as vividly. Yeah. And um, I think it was such a big moment, Sarah. I'd been racing Sarah for a number of years, um. So to finally come out on top was was pretty special. No, no, definitely. And the the, the track personally. I don't know. I think I prefer cross country more, but I can definitely you say do. that. Yeah, I, th I feel like the pain is a lot worse, but I feel yeah. like I'm a bit better at the cross country. Um, okay. Yeah, no, is, is it longer? You know, longer than your yeah. track. Yeah. Well, this year I've actually competed in my first 5k on the track, which I actually really liked. So maybe yeah. once I start getting into the longer stuff on the track, maybe then I'll I'll yeah. start to enjoy that more. I definitely. Uh, my worst event not worst event but the one I hate the most is the 800 I think it's just so painful <laughs> but it's fun it's I think it's difficult if you prefer longer distances yeah. when you're younger you don't have anything long so you might find yourself liking track an awful lot more when you can race but you know five yeah, exactly. ten, five k's and I mean eventually if you if you wanted it uh 10k yeah no definitely and uh, no, but we'll, I have actually a, a 3k time trial just with my team on Thursday, so oh. hopefully, hopefully that goes well. Yeah. No, it's just because um, obviously the race is so far yeah, being yeah. cancelled, so and first crossed. Yeah, hopefully it's just as well because the park we're training because it gets dark while the time mm. we're training, we can't we can't really be doing much on the on the grass. So yeah, no, we, we'll see how it goes anyway, yeah. but. Um, now, kind of coming into into the the later stages of, of, of your career when we, you know, move into the, the time you, you get over to America. How did, you know, obviously we'll talk about how how the experience was while you were there, but leading up to it, how did it kind of come about? Um, You know, it was something from a very young age, I said, I want to go there. Um, probably from first year, I, I knew that that was my plan. And um, 
I, I was going to try no matter what to yeah. get over there. And, and even I always said, if I really don't like it, I'll just come back. But I think I wanted the experience. Um, so I suppose I, I was running quite well in secondary school. And um, when I was in fourth year, you know, different coaches, I suppose, were, were getting in touch and I was talking to different people. Same again in fifth and sixth year. And I, I'd kind of narrowed it down to three different universities. Um, I suppose I chose one a little bit off the, the beating track. Um, I, the one that I was leaning towards, the, the coach actually left um, yeah. when I was getting ready to sign and they hadn't got a new coach. So I just completely opted out then of that option. I, yeah, I didn't definitely. want to go somewhere where you know I didn't know who the coach would be. So... Um, the school I went to actually had a few Irish girls there previously. Aoife Cook um, was there who, you know, won the Dublin Marathon last yeah. year. Um, and Fiona Kyo was there. She really got 800 meter runner. So there was an Irish tradition in a sense. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I think when you go to America, you've got these big ideas about what it's going to be like. <laughs> um, and you can be a little bit naive and yeah. I think it's a lot different now with social media and everything and you probably know people know a lot more about the schools that they're eventually going to but I, I to be honest didn't know a whole lot um, yeah. but I hopped on a plane and found myself in Arkansas which is deep south just right above Texas yeah. um, and you know, it, it was a great it was a great experience. I I stayed there for four years. I moved to a different school then um for another two years. I had I was injured, I suppose, in the first four years, so kept some eligibility and so really competed with two different schools. But it was very different um than what I expected it to be. But at the same time I think it was a, a very, very good experience and a valuable experience I suppose personally and athletically yeah and you, you said there about like everything with social media people can know what what different schools are like nowadays so it might be a bit easier to to make decisions but personally from looking at social media you know the training over there seems pretty high and, and pretty intense and obviously yeah. at some spots where it's higher altitude as well so maybe mm. you could say they have a bit of an advantage that way but Personally, when you were over there, did you see a drastic increase in intensity or volume or did you need to do much adaptation when it came to training? Yeah, um, a huge amount. Um, I, I was a very low mileage person. Um, you know, I was 800 and 1500 metres. Um, that's that's what I did so yeah. I and I did cross country but I I didn't do huge amount of mileage so when I went over it my mileage increased significantly um the intensity of what I was doing increased significantly um I supposed I viewed myself <laughs> as as being indestructible like I didn't yeah. think I'd ever get injured but I did um and that was down to all a combination of all of those things um my first year I, I found it very very tough emotionally I would say I you know I left here you know and was I suppose the best in my group at my club um I was doing quite well and I went over and there were quite a few girls that were better than me and everything felt 
like a race in a way. Yeah. The sessions we were doing, you'd go for easy runs and sometimes they weren't that easy. Um, and we we were training twice a day. You know, your alarm goes off at yeah. 5.30 <laughs> a couple Jeez. of days during the week. It was very, very different um, yeah. to what I was used to. And I think I, I struggled a lot and I think I was probably very, very fit, but we were training so hard that I was going to races and I was doing poorly in races because all of the hard work was being left at home, essentially. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's it really is a learning curve. And I, I think I... I could have left after that first year. There were definitely times when I thought this just isn't for me. This isn't going to work. But I, I stuck with it. Um, and and it, it did take me a while to start running. While it did take me a while to run PBs and to actually feel comfortable. And I think you need to stand your ground a little bit too. When runs are too hard, you need to just pull back and yeah. and not be afraid of saying to yourself this is too quick you're you're just going to be tired if you're at this pace so but that that I think you need to be mature to do that yeah definitely. Um, I was probably quite naive and and I wanted to do everything the coach said and I, I wanted to be the best on the team and be a leader um but you have to think I suppose of of how it's going to affect you and if you're running too hard and you're constantly tired, your body's going to break down. So it was tough, but I I figured I figured it out eventually. Uh, not in the first year or two, but yeah. after that, things started to get a little bit better for me. You said there um, that when when you increase your mileage drastically and and the intensity, you felt you felt like you know you you were unbeatable, but then you ended up getting injured. So was it was it was it a big injury? Was it only a little minor setback? What what kind of injury was it? Um, I actually so it was towards I got had a few little niggles all the way through, but nothing serious until um my third third year into my fourth year. Um. I, I did have quite a serious injury. Um, they thought that I had compartment syndrome in my calf. So essentially, if you can't solve that, it means surgery. And it's I would be running and um, my, my calf and my foot would start to go numb and I'd start getting pins and needles in my foot. Yeah. And then I eventually just couldn't feel from my knee down <laughs> on one Jesus. of my legs. Yeah. Um, so it is quite serious. Um, does if you know if you take a break and if it doesn't go away, it does require surgery. So at that point, I was very very concerned. I I took I had to take a good chunk of time off um, and just do nothing. And luckily enough, um, it went away. Yeah. So I need to get surgery. And it was at that point that I finished up. I suppose in that first university and went to a different one and finished out my final year of eligibility there but was very much so you know after you take a couple of months off um you're very much so starting from the bottom again definitely, you know yeah you probably know after a break it's hard to get back into it but yeah, definitely. sometimes these things are worthwhile i suppose and did you when you were injured did you feel under pressure because you were on a scholarship did you feel under pressure you know it, it, maybe if you were back home just training with your club you could have taken more time off and 
recovered maybe a bit better and just because you were over in America did you feel more pressured to, to get back as soon as possible? Yeah, um, definitely and my coach was very keen on me trying to come back and make the com- conference championships is a big, you know, a big team event yeah. and he was very keen for me to try and be back to, to run for the team but it, it just, it didn't happen Um you know, and I think I would have been more concerned if it was in the earlier stages of my career there. But because it was more towards the end and I was planning on moving on, I tried to focus on just getting better. Of course, it would have been easier if, if I were if I yeah, were at home and definitely. there's not pressures of scholarships. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult because you want to do the best you can you want to help your team but ultimately if if there's something going on if there's something amiss there's no point in competing and I ended up saving a year um and was very much so in two minds about just coming back home after the four years but was very lucky to be offered a scholarship at a different university even though I hadn't raced in a while and I think that that move probably kept me in the sport. So hindsight's a great thing. And I suppose you can appreciate these things when when you look back on them as well. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And yeah, no, over there as well, like I was just saying, looking mm-hmm. on social media and Instagram, it does, look, it does look very intense. And I say a lot, lot different than over here. But kind of moving on to the more, you know, positive things when, when you were over in America. So you, you did say that it took you... A while to adjust to the you know intensity and the volume of the training but once you did could you see fast improvements like was there any major wins or any major pbs while you were over there yeah um i actually well cross country is a lot different over there than it is here um it's golf courses but i did um I was very, very strong. You know, I could go, I could go to a meet and I could run two races in a day and yeah. run really well in both of them. Um, there, like there might have only been an hour recovery in between, and that's when you can really, I suppose, start to see how fit you are when Definitely. you can just recover very fast. Um, I started to run PBs in the 800 and 1500. Um, I started to run quite well over 5k which was very much so new territory for me um yeah. i started finishing high up in in conference championships which would have been you know 5k 6k and you know i suppose trying to move that on and and do well at regionals as well so i, I think it was it was a big step for me in terms of moving up in distance i never would have considered myself to be capable of running good 5k's um and it opened my mind to the fact that if you if you put in the work if you put in the mileage and also if you're smart about it then then you can compete well over yeah. over longer stuff um and i i moved up to 5k for quite a few years um and i ran very very well and ran good times so I, that that would be a huge positive you know I, w- I would look back on my time in America and say it, it proved to me that if you put in the work then you will get the results no yeah 100% and obviously I feel like the races would they've been a little bit more intimidating over there just due to the vast number of athletes yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like when you go to 
regional cross country meets. Oh um, yeah. And you're on the starting line. Now we, we have big races at home, um, but nothing like this. You know, you you go to the start line and you you know you have your pen, and the thing is, you know everybody around you is very very good. Yeah. Um, so it can be a little bit scary and can be a little bit daunting, but I suppose you you have to know your worth. Um, and it's it's so easy to get carried away. I think at the beginning of cross country races, it's just so so fast. So it can be quite difficult to get pacing right and and if you go out too slow you could be like in a hundredth position you know it's a bit wild and it does take time to get used to but I think all of these things are they're good for you like it's good to be exposed to big fields like that and fields that are really really competitive so you know at the time I was really scared (laughs) yeah you would be yeah, but now I'm thinking, yeah, that that was great. That was fun. I'd I'd like to do that again, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. And once again, like looking at the the videos of the cross country races and all on YouTube and Instagram, it's just like hundreds and hundreds of people on the line. And then when the when the gun goes off, they all come and it kind of cr- turns into a triangle. Yeah. And then the faster <laughs> athletes are, are are up the front then, and then like I'd say, like I, I remember. Uh, like uh, in Navin race course for an All Ireland there, um, last year, the year before, like just with the, the few hundred people that are in our races in Ireland, like you're nearly walking around corners. So like, was it was it like that at any stage in in um over in America? I don't think so. You know, we we almost walk around corners here at times because it's so mucky. It, yeah. It's really sloppy and slippy, and and there's really tight bends. In America, you know, a lot of the courses for cross country are golf courses, so they're flat and they're yeah. smooth, and they're ultimately made for fast running. Yeah. Um, for a long time, my 5k PB was from a cross country race, you know, yeah, yeah, um, because it's just it's just beautiful running. It, it's really, really nice. So I think I, I never really experienced what I experienced at home, like cross country at home is just a whole different yeah, <laughs> it's a whole different ball game yeah <laughs> do you feel like that maybe the fact that you've had the experience back here at home in Ireland with the, you know the muddy the dirty courses it, it gave you maybe that extra bit of strength when you get start running cross country over in America oh yeah for sure because I, I think you you go over and you're like well this isn't really cross country no it's not <laughs> it's just kind of running on grass you don't know what cross country yeah. even is <laughs> no 100% yeah. Um, but but no, um, kind of coming into the end of your experience over in America, were you, you know, I know some people keep running over there and, and, and sign professional contracts, maybe a shoe brand. Um, were you were you one hundred percent set on coming home and uh, start training again over here, or were you in two minds? Um, well, I I finished up, so I. I was doing my master's degree, um, so I had one year of eligibility left, and I finished that year, and, and the school was very, very good to me, and, and they kept me on as, as what's called a graduate assistant, you know, so I was listed as an assistant coach, but essentially that meant I, I kept training with the team, I kept training with my, the coach that I had at the time, and all of the races that they went to, I went to and competed as an unattached athlete. Um, yeah. 
And when I when I finished that up, I actually worked in America for a couple of years then as well. And it it was very it's very different, you know, when when you're over there and you're just an athlete and you're not you're not in a university because a lot yeah. of people when you finish university you either go professional or you quit. Um but I I was working at a university so there there were always people around, you know, there were always bodies I supposed to train with. So because I had ran PBs and I was improving, I just kept I just kept going. Yeah. And eventually I think it got difficult because I was training you know doing a lot of the bulk of work by myself and on my yeah. own um, and ultimately the move back home when I made it was was quite an easy one to make and it, it makes it, it has made such a difference being back and I, I joined a group up in Dublin and you know it's it's amazing to train with people and and for your sessions you, you know we all have bad days we all have days when we're not feeling great and it's so helpful to have people just pull you along um, on yeah. those days and you know you look back and you think wow how did I train so much by myself <laughs> yeah you know you feel spoiled but I think it, it's good. It's good for us to train by ourselves too. Um, yeah. It makes us strong and, and tough. But it is, I think, in Ireland, we're very, very lucky because we have, there's so many clubs and there are so many races. Well, not now, but... <laughs> well, you know, Normally. Normal. Yeah, hopefully yeah. soon. Um, and there's just such a good community. Even if you're not in the same club as someone, um, you know, you can meet up with them, you can run with them. Yeah. Really that, you know, it is competitive when you're on the start line, but apart from that, there's there's always people around. So I think we're very, very lucky in that sense because in America, it, it's just a very different system. No, it is 100%. So yeah, obviously uh, from personal experience uh, over quarantine when, I wasn't able to go train with my team, you know, every single day doing sessions and all on my own and runs on my own. It, it got pretty repetitive and it is always nice to, to have the team around you. So would you say that played a big part in, in your decision to come back? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and I think America had ran its course for me. Um, I was there for just over seven years and I didn't really... You know, I suppose athletically and professionally, I just didn't see a future there for me. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of people, you know, will say you home is home and it's no, there's nowhere else like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so even though I was gone for so long, it just never felt the same to me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it is. It's it's been nice being back. <laughs> well, so one thing, you've been there for over seven years and, and you never lost your accent, so that's a good <laughs> <I> thing. <laughs> well, that's what the Americans love, you know. It would have been yeah. silly to get rid of it. <laughs> no, 100%, but they're all Irish over there. <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> was it, so was it before you left for America or when you came back um, to Ireland when you got your first, I presume before you left you had an Irish singlet, um, but just, just talk about when did you get your first Irish singlet and, and what was that experience like? Um, well, my first Irish singlet came when I was a juvenile um, yeah. and I suppose that the, the year that... Um, I won the 800 and 1500. I 
made a Celtic, the Celtic team and to my disgust we were only going to Belfast I was really hoping for you know a trip somewhere yeah, yeah. where we could fly to but we just got on a bus and went to Belfast and I was very young at the time and I remember my parents dropping me off um, to a, a bus like or to a hotel where the bus was picking me up and I remember getting onto the bus not knowing anybody you know being really young and seeing all these these girls and lads and I was like oh my gosh they're all so fast yeah. they're all so good and um, you know it was quite daunting in a way but once we got there um it was it was brilliant it was an experience of a lifetime you know and I ran the 1500 up in Belfast and ran a huge PB um probably something like something like 12 seconds I think and yeah, I was yeah. just thrilled um it like it's definitely something I'll remember and my coach and different people from my club drove up to watch me it was one of the perks of having it in Ireland yeah. you know they wouldn't have probably came if it was in Scotland or no, something probably not no definitely not so <laughs> that was that was the first one you know I I made a few other teams after that you know I was for the Taltons for the schools um, and they're all brilliant experiences but I think there's definitely something about that that first time um, yeah. you know I I suppose I got my first Irish senior vest just two years ago at the um, the Armagh Road Race yeah um, and that that that's an amazing event. I'd tell anybody that I meet that they should definitely do it. It's just the atmosphere is nothing like I've ever experienced. Yeah, um, you're running around. I don't know if you know, but it's just basically a, a kilometer loop, really, around yeah. the center of the town. And there's just people everywhere. There's just support everywhere. Um, I I didn't sleep that night when I got home. I was so. <laughs> so excited but I suppose equally you know when I was young up in Belfast you know I think they're both quite similar Um, there's a huge length of time in between both events but they're both really really memorable and really important to me. No definitely and you know obviously representing your team or your country anywhere at any level is always really really it is really really great experience but especially at a young age and i'd say even at, at, at the age you are now getting the gear is is always yeah. probably one of if not the biggest perk that they look forward to oh yeah i think you know i don't think it matters what age you are if if you get asked to to wear that green singlet, it's it's going to be hugely um, important and just a huge memory that you'll always have. And I think there's just a, a sense of pride in it. Yeah. And it's such a great, you know, I have my the tracksuit that I was given when I was <laughs> 15 or whatever age I was. You know, yeah. it's tucked away, but I still have it. It's it's incredible, yeah, it really is. I might have to be pulling a frame in a in a few years. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you, might own, you might get your own one soon. You never know. We never know. Finger, fingers crossed. Um, but no, now now that you're back from America and you're saying you're you're running up in, in a team in Dublin, what's what's kind of training looking like now? You know, where uh, obviously with everything going on, there's there's not much to be planning for or or anything really to be looking forward to race wise. But how is training and, and preparation for the future going at the moment? 
Um, well, I, I had a little setback just a, a while ago um, with, an, with an injury. Yeah. But I think, you know, that that's part and parcel. It was quite similar to the first lockdown, actually, because I picked up a little injury then as well. And if anything, it, it just slows things down. And it worked very well for me back in March and April. I, I got injured. I was off my feet. Um, same as now. I do quite a lot on the bike when I'm injured yeah. um, to just try and keep fitness up. I'm back. I've been back jogging now probably about 10 days. So that's going really well. You know, people find it hard to be motivated when there's no races. But I think it's a really good opportunity for us all to just enjoy it. Yeah. We, we love running. And sometimes when there's an awful lot of races, when there's a huge schedule, it puts us under pressure. And we're really very much so concerned with the outcome. We're very much concerned with times that we're doing in training, making sure we're hitting correct splits, making sure we're improving. And, you know, right now, we it's just a bit of a luxury to be able to go out and go for a run and just yeah. enjoy it and not not put pressure on yourself and that that was my approach during the first lockdown um and i i actually didn't do any time trials at all um my coach was when i was starting to get fit um probably around may um may or june probably i can't remember exactly he was saying do you want to you know let's do a time trial let's uh you know you can do any distance and i just said i don't i don't really want to um and you know i think it was just important for me to i knew i was running well i knew my training sessions you know they were getting better as weeks went on i was feeling really strong and long runs and i was just enjoying myself so much that it didn't feel it didn't feel tough and you know we I think it's nice to be able to get outside every day it's nice to have an excuse to get outside so I didn't really look at it much as training it was kind of a break yeah from work so I may have handled <laughs> the pandemic better better than a lot of people but I do think it's about the mindset that you have you know 100% now that that, that was a great way to look at it personally as I mentioned like I didn't have much of a team to train or any team to train with at all over quarantine at the start it took a bit of adjusting during yeah. the middle I was like all right but then coming to the end you know I felt like I was getting very repetitive and you mm. definitely dealt with the, the the training on your own I feel like a lot better than I did just because the, the entire time I've been doing running I, I've always been with a team yeah so that made it that little bit harder but no that was that was a great way to to look at it just to to enjoy it and not have that you know even the the day of the race you're nervous but the week leading up to the race it's always on your mind and just being able to train and go out on runs and enjoy it and not have to worry about that nervous feeling or how you perform in a race is always is always important I bet you're looking forward to getting back with your group this week so are you oh yeah no 100 now we've been Oh, it was the the first lockdown um, for a while when everything was completely shut. It, I wasn't able to train, but then there was the five kilometer radius, and yeah. uh, I, I'm outside because I live in, in, in Blanchardstown in Dublin, and then it's over in Santry, Clonliffe Harriers, so that's that's outside the five kilometers. Yeah. So um, there was a few lads, a good few of the lads were training on the team, but I wasn't. Yeah. Then when the, the that lockdown the first lockdown finished and I was able to get 
back training with the team and uh, I don't know was that June July when when that lockdown ended and then just there a few weeks ago obviously when we were gonna go in when we went into level five but then Athletic yeah. Ireland brought out that um, students uh, students under the age of eighteen are allowed to travel under uh, outside the five kilometer oh, radius um, to to attend training so. But my coach actually um, printed out and and made training plans for all of us for the six weeks. Yeah. yeah. But then, but then we didn't even have to use them because then the Tuesday after we were back out training. So, but they're always good to have there just in case we go back yeah. into another. You're one lockdown. of you're one of the lucky ones this time. <laughs> yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I'm not sure how I would have felt if we had gone back into back into training on our own because yeah, it wasn't even. I feel like. You know, um, Mondays and Wednesdays when I'd be running on my own, they're kind of like, you know, they're compared to you know the banter and all you have with the team, they're just yeah. so much more less enjoyable than than that is when. Not that like obviously you have to do the work and they're not en- that they're not enjoyable, but compared to the highs you have with the team, they're just not as good. Yeah, that's when you listen to a good podcast. Yeah, that's it exactly. You put <laughs> you put the earphones in and, and you listen to this podcast out on your runs. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, but um, obviously you said you're just coming back from from major injury. Um, would you be able to tell us what that is at the moment? Um, yeah, this is something that I've I've never had before. Um, yeah. it's my plantar fascia. I just there had a slight tear in it. Um, so it kind of came on very very suddenly. I was in full swing of things um, in the middle of a, a big block and I had a session on Saturday and it went very very well and I, I came home and just thought my foot was a little bit stiff but yeah. didn't really think much of it just thought it was a bit tired and went out on the Sunday um, for my long run and I was I was in a woods which ended up being a little bit of an issue so I it was stiff starting off and it started to get a bit worse and it just came to the point where I couldn't run on it anymore but I yeah. had to actually run back to my car so that yeah. was really inconvenient you know woods are brilliant and everything except when you've got a 20 minute jog back um, and by the time I made it back I could barely walk um, so that just took me out and sidelined me for probably four or five weeks um, I'm on the comeback trail now as That's we it. see just on the I've got a walk a walk recovery in between my in between my running bits so my walking is improving and um, cool. yeah <laughs> it is so look all the gains that we can make um, exactly. but yeah look, I'm it I'm improving and there's there's been no pain for for the last little while and look there's I'm not really in a big panic or a big rush because I probably have quite a lot of time to get to where I want to be so I'm just trying to take it slow and not not be crazy when I'm running you know not yeah. trying to go fast <laughs> yeah no definitely and uh, now obviously returning from an injury is, is always tough but I feel like obviously it's kind of bad to say with everything that's going on but maybe it happened at the right time when everything's when everything's kind of being cancelled and um, so yeah. so maybe that's a, a, a blessing in itself but I know oh. with with we are injury at the moment and with you know, race schedules being unpredictable, it's kind of hard to see 
where you where you'll be running wise uh, and race wise in, in in the next few months and maybe next year year and a bit but as of right now you know taking taking the injury and and, and corona maybe slightly into consideration what are what are the goals the goals for the future um that's a tough question um you know I, I, the times that's in it's it's a very yeah, tough question exactly yeah um to be honest i'm not you know i'm not really concerned about the injury i think the the worst of it's behind me yeah. um and i was injured in march and april and i ran pbs over the summer so i definitely think you know it's something that you can overcome um i suppose 2021 i'd be looking you know, I'd be looking to improve on what I did this past summer. So I mentioned, you know, earlier that I, I started focusing a lot on 5Ks um, when I was in America and when I came home. And this summer just gone, I decided to drop down and try and, like, you know, recreate some of my juvenile memories. So I yeah. went back to 800 and 1500 for the first time in quite a while and ended up running PBs. So that's really just taken my interest I you know I, I didn't really train for those events I, I had really been training for 5k stuff yeah so I think to really go at the 8 and 15 again in 2021 will be a big plan of mine and to actually really structure training around those events because there are certain things that you would do that you wouldn't do for a 5k and yeah. um, so I think my my focus has definitely shifted back to those. Um, you know, as long as you're running PBs, that that's the main thing. It shows that you're improving. You know, there's no point in really comparing yourself to everybody else and to what everybody else is running because if you keep improving consistently, you'll you know, well, hopefully you'll close the gap maybe. So definitely. that's what I'm that's what I'm looking towards. If if National Cross goes ahead and if it's probably the end of February, I would definitely be hoping to be on the start line for sure. And if that was in the near future, I, yeah. I wouldn't be there. Um, so it just depends. It just depends on race schedules. You know, previous years I've I've went to England for races, and that's always it's really fun. It's really competitive. Um, you know, so I would like to do that again. I, yeah. I'm not. Or I'd be hoping by next summer that we'd have the option to maybe fingers crossed anyway fly places yeah. yeah yeah but that's I suppose that that's what I'm looking towards next year so fingers crossed it can happen so hopefully we'll see on the line for the 800 or 1500 and the, the senior <laughs> women's all Ireland's on the track next year if they go that's ahead it. yeah that's it yeah fingers crossed and then um, since since you come back uh, from America real quick and um, obviously a few years ago now. Um, but before everything happened with the whole pandemic, was there was there any you know big more big moments or big race wins cross country tracks since since you've come back or has it all been pretty moderate? Um, I suppose I I came back and I was still eligible for um novice and intermediate cross country. I usually younger people do that, but because I was away for so long, I I was able to do everything. So. Yeah. It's two years. It's two years ago now, so not not that long ago. No. Um, I I won both. I I won national novice and won national intermediate the the same well the same season. And yeah. I don't, as far as I know, I don't think many people have 
done that like done that double um, so you're going down in history (laughs) well I don't know (laughs) I think I think Emmett Dunleavy do you know Emmett Dunleavy I've heard of him yeah yeah I think he has done it um but I'm not actually, you know, sure of, of females that have done it. I, I don't think many people have done it. So after yeah. that, I said to my coach, I mean, I just need to win national senior cross now, really, to have the yeah. trifecta. <laughs> but no, that was that was pretty memorable. Um, novice probably more memorable than a lot of people would have seen the picture of me falling across the line. Um, that that <laughs> that was a bit of a hit. Uh, <laughs> more so than actually winning the race I think the fall made me known um, yeah. but no th- those two you know obviously like I've said I wouldn't really consider myself a proper or a really good cross country runner so to win those races you know was was brilliant and yeah. they'd definitely be a highlight for me and my career 100% yeah definitely and um it was, might be a bit of a stupid question, but do you think America played a big, big factor in you being able to do that double? Um, I don't know. I I don't know to be honest. I I think I came home and um, you know, had a new coach, had a new training group, and the the training that I was doing and that I am doing now made me really, really strong and. Um, made me more capable than I had been in previous years yeah. so I'd probably say I won because of that um, and also it was you know it was in Navin on a really wet windy cold day yeah. it had like orange weather warnings you know yeah. you would never have that in America so I think the, the training here and what I was doing beforehand probably helped me more than America would have no, I suppose, and definitely coming back and, and trying to adapt to the, you know, the, the terrain again, the, <laughs> the the muddy, the hills, the the weather especially, and um, no, I suppose, yeah, as you said, coming back and that training that you don't hear before the races, definitely repaired, because even though people might say the standard in, in America might be, might be a little bit better and, and higher quality than over here, but I feel like if you put one of the best American cross-country runners in Irish conditions, they'd have a hard time. I think so too. Yeah, we're, we're pretty tough over here, you know. Oh yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, no, but this has actually probably been one of the fastest 50, mi- 50 minutes I've ever <laughs> had in my life. It was it was a really good and interesting conversation. I, I appreciate you taking the time out uh, and coming on the podcast. And as we said, the, the first female guest on the podcast, and I'd say... I'd say a lot more to come in the future, but now, again, I, I appreciate taking the time out. No problem. Thanks very much, Killian. I, I look forward to um, listening to your future guests and hopefully future females. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And hope everyone watching and listening at home enjoyed, and I'll see you all next time. Bye.